Now, Connect FM Sports puts every play under review with Bob Anderson, Dave Glass, and Dave Herzing. Penguins are in the midst of yet another losing streak and find themselves on the outside of the playoff race. Can anything be done to save their playoff streak? The Steelers were very busy in the first week of NFL free agency, but they weren't alone. Which teams won the week? What signings did we like? We'll weigh in. Clear the deck. Greg Brown is coming. The voice of the Pittsburgh Pirates will join us soon to discuss his path to the broadcast booth and his thoughts on the Pirates' future. I'm Bob Anderson. I'm Dave Glass. And I'm Dave Herzing. Stay tuned as we discuss these topics and more as we go under review on Connect FM, your only local news radio. And we're back, ladies and gentlemen. It's Wednesday night, and uh, we have some breaking news. This isn't often we get to do this, but uh, D, what do you got for us? Well, uh, Penn State fans, I hate to tell you this, Micah Shrewsbury is no longer the coach of our Nittany Lions. Uh, he's heading off to Notre Dame. Um, can't say I see this as a surprise. He's from that area, but it's very disheartening. I really think it sets Penn State men's basketball back several years. You know, it could have been a destination for a lot of you know mid-level recruits, maybe some even bigger recruits once he got the program rolling. You know, some programs that come to mind were like Texas A&M and in Arkansas. They hadn't been good for a long time, got the right guy, and then obviously they turned it around. You look at what happened at Penn State, good things were happening, and now it's it's back to square one. Yeah, there were no guarantees, but man, I sure liked what he was building there. And, and as a Penn State alum, it's just frustrating to me that it seems like they're only once about once every decade they pop their head up and they make the tournament and then they go back under the water for another another decade and, and I hope we're not headed down that road again but it's just so frustrating to keep seeing this for a, for a big time school to not be able to do anything with that program on a consistent basis. Yeah, the word was Dave that Kraft I guess threw the money at him. I guess that wasn't the problem. The problem was the NIL collective. A lot of the a lot of what. Shrewsbury wanted to do and enticing players to come to Penn State hinged upon that. And I guess it stemmed from the fact that they just didn't want Penn State basketball, didn't have their own set NIL. I think that was the biggest reason, which is a shame because Penn State, they're a big enough program, they're a big enough school where they could basically do anything they want to bring whoever they want in. I think it's just a lot of people in the old alumni association who just don't really focus much on basketball. Yeah. And I, and I don't, you know, it's hard for me to blame Shrewsbury. I know that, you know, he had his moment here. This is his one chance to cash in. And, you know, maybe he, maybe he did have connections there. I don't know his background well enough. Maybe that's a, you know, Notre Dame's a dream job for him, but I'm tired of everywhere else being a dream job for our basketball coaches. You know, when is Penn State going to be the dream job? I mean, look at Franklin. He, you know, Everybody, he's always connected to these other jobs, but he stays because Penn State's a destination. We're going to talk later. I'll give you know spoiler alert. We're going to talk about Penn State wrestling. You want to talk about a destination? You know we have the best coach in the in the world, and we got to get to that point in basketball, if not the best in the world, certainly to be an elite program. And this, it's hard for me to think they're going to be that now. Yeah, absolutely. Well, shifting gears. Speaking of elite programs, Bob, I don't think the Penguins are playing elite hockey at all. <laughs> well, I hate to be the bearer of bad news here. That's all we're talking about right now. <laughs> don't worry, ladies and gentlemen. We do have some fun stuff coming up, but I feel like we're beating a dead horse with the Penguins here. They've lost four games in a row, and what an embarrassing loss in New York on Saturday—six to nothing loss. 
and now the Panthers, the Florida Panthers, have passed them in the standings uh, with the Penguins set to you know play in Colorado and Dallas here the next couple of nights. Yeah, we sort of joked around before the show that you know we're going to go on and talk about how how much trouble they're in, and then they're going to go win tonight, but. Even if they do, I mean, you know, and, and, and it's not the Ottawa loss. You know, that was an unlucky loss. I think Josh, you always talked about that a little bit. You're going to have a number of those through the year where you outplay the other team and the goalie just stands on their head. It's the two before that. It's that stupid loss to Montreal that you just can't ever get back, you know, and it's the attention to detail. And I, I said this earlier. I've always been a big Malkin guy, but his attention to detail has just gone so far down. And, and, and it's almost the opposite of Latang. Latang, when he was younger, took all kinds of crazy risks and assumed his talent would overcome it. And as he's gotten older and more mature, he doesn't make those boneheaded mistakes nearly as often. I, I feel like Malkin's doing more of it. Like these cross-ice passes, these no-look plays. He doesn't hold it in on the blue line when he's on the power play, and then he kind of freezes for a minute and doesn't back check. It, you can't have that. I feel like we've always had that from Malkin. He just doesn't have the talent to keep yeah, up like he it's used wor- to. It's worse, though. Yeah. But yeah, I think. You know, as frustrating as it would be to not have the Penguins in the Stanley Cup playoffs, there's a, there's a small part of me. It's a small part that kind of doesn't want them to be there. They're not going to do anything once they get to the playoffs. They, this team does not look like a team that wants to play the type of hockey that needs to be played to get to the Stanley Cup playoffs. I mean, like you said, Florida right now is, is playing better. You look at the bottom, some of these teams they're playing against coming up, you watch them, they look every bit as good as the Pittsburgh Penguins do. So it, it's it's going to be something to see here over the next couple of weeks to see if they can get in. If they do, what do you, Bob, honestly, what do you think they're going to do when when they get to the playoffs, if they do? Right. Well, if they play Boston, I, I mean, if they win one game, I'd probably be happy. Uh, Carolina, you never know. Like, you know, Dave, you've even mentioned they might be a, uh, a p- potential team that you can beat, but you know, uh, Tyler Kennedy, he was on 93.7, the fan. He actually predicts if they get in, they'll win the first round. I don't know where oh he's basing that off of, but you know, um, hope, we can all hope, hope springs eternal, I right. guess. But speaking of that loss in Montreal, uh, and beating a dead horse, Jeff Carter was minus four in that game on 14 shifts. He played eight minutes and 28 seconds. He's a minus four. That's in that hard time. to do. <laughs> yeah, and, he, and yet Mike Sullivan will keep putting him out there. He doesn't have any options. I mean, yeah. you can blame Sullivan, but he's already you take his ice time down to eight minutes. It's hard to take it a whole lot lower. Right, and that's that. one thing he has done is drop his minutes. Um, but you know, the reporters are asking Sullivan, you know, why do you continue to play him? And I guess he went to bat for his player. You know, he defended him, he, and he used uh, face-off percentage to do that. He said, well, he's sixth in the NHL in save percentage. Well, how good is that working in the standings? Well, yeah, I mean, a coach is – I would never expect Mike Sullivan to throw one of his players under the bus publicly. I, You know, I'm sure that we as fans, we want that, you know, that red meat, but I'm glad he doesn't do that. That's, a, that's part of why I think he's a great coach. But, you know, I want to get back to something that, a little bit that D said – you kind of are sort of not wanting them to make it. I 100% do not want them to make it because I'm scared if they make it, they're going to keep Hextall. Mm. And I'm at the point now, and I'm I'm sorry to say this, I'm sure he's a nice guy. They need a change in the front office. And I'm I sure agree. it'll happen if they miss. If they make it, what if Tyler's right? If they win two rounds, is that going to be enough to keep this guy? And it's like, no, no, we got to start over. <laughs> and the next GM's going to have a tremendous mess to pick up, you know, because... Look, he even gave Michael Granlin that deal. Oh, well, he didn't give him the deal. He picked him yeah, up, and he, he has two years him. left on his contract. That's horrible. Oh, and by the way, Michael Granlin, since that trade, I was just looking up, what is he? He's played nine games. He has one goal and one assist. 
Yeah, it's it. I mean, I don't know how you can justify the, the path we're on here, but yeah, I'll tell you the only positive coming out of this over the next several years, Penguins tickets are going to be cheap. So that, <laughs> that for guys like us that want to go down and watch the games, hey, you know, at least there's some positive there. Well, and it's funny you brought that up because I was looking attendance for Monday's game against the Senators was seventeen thousand eighty. That's the second lowest for a home game this season. And the team has only sold out 13 of their 35 home games this year. Well, and, I, and I'll, I'll tell you, and if you look on TV, you can tell this. That 17,000 is not a real number. I mean, that, okay, they sold the tickets. I understand that they can take credit for that. But I've seen many nights, especially during the weekday instead of the weekend, where it, it looks like there's four, five, 6,000 empty seats in there on the lower bowl. I mean, it looks bad. Who was, who was the player? You guys would know this. He, he mentioned about the atmosphere. This was years ago. He went to the Blues. Um, played for the Pens for like a cup of coffee, and he talked about one of the worst atmospheres in hockey. Is that Oscar Sundquist I, I, or Bertuzzi? Oh, yeah, or not, it, not Bertuzzi. Oh, no, that defenseman. You know, oh, I can't think of it. Was, anyway, Bertuzzo. Yeah, but he basically, Bertuzzo, yeah. yeah, he basically just said it's it's just not a it's not an intimidating place to play, which is a shame because you know you, you look at the fandom of Pittsburgh, you know, uh, sports. Pitt Steelers fans, when the Pirates were good, we're going to talk to Greg Brown, 13, 14, 15. I mean, people talked about PNC Park being one of the loudest places they've ever heard. If you got if you got the right team in there again, and the fans have been down for a little while watching the Pens, I think they've been somewhat spoiled too. Oh, definitely. I think that place would be alive again if, if they started winning. Yes, and, and during the regular season, I do think that the atmosphere can be very hit or miss. But I have to say... And I was a season ticket holder through this. I thought that building was terrible for atmosphere from like 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. But those cups, when they won those cups, that building was rocking. And the year after when they lost, they did everything they could as a crowd to get them past the caps. They just were out of gas, but I cannot blame the crowd. I was there and I thought those were really, really good crowds. So you can still do it in that building. It's not the building. It's, as you say, it's expensive and people are a little bit spoiled. Yeah. And speaking of, um, you know, Ron Hextall, there's going to be a big decision made this summer about um, Tristan Jari. You know, should they re-sign him or not? The way he's playing right now, obviously he can't. Well, you know, D's going to be, you know, talk about beating a dead horse. I mean, but, you know, I, I can't even argue with you right now. I've kind of been a Jari guy, but, you know, he's been hurt. And when he comes out, I mean, he's he's been so hit or miss. Like, he looked really good in that one game. And even the game they lost, I thought he was good. But then he gets yanked a couple times, and it's you don't know what you're going to get. He's just a, he just looked so rattled, and he doesn't strike me as the type of guy that you want to sign for any length of time. He doesn't inspire confidence at all. You, he's one of those guys who you just you know on a breakaway you're just holding your breath. You know, you know, there's guys that years ago you'd watch the Penguins had you know when Flurry was at the top of his game when you know when, as kids as Barrasso they'd stand on their head. Jari's not that type of goaltender. Well, and the other thing about it is if, if, if they miss the playoffs and if you're going into some kind of a rebuild, even if it's not a rebuild on the fly, do you really want to put money into the goalie position? That's the one position. Maybe you punt that next year, go through your rebuild, try to get Crosby one more you know day in the sun in 25 or 26, but you got to forget about 24, I think. Yeah, unless he's willing to take maybe a one-year bridge deal or something like Which, that. Which, why would he do that? I You know, but... We'll see. Well, we've had enough negativity here, gentlemen. Uh, let's let's talk positive stuff. I guess we got some uh, Pirates baseball to talk. You don't usually think of positivity with that, but I'll tell you who is positive is their uh, play-by-play announcer, Greg Brown, and it's going to be our honor to bring him in after these uh, commercials. So stay with us. Greg Brown, the voice of the Pirates, will be with us as we come back under review. 
We're doing our annual spring cleaning, and my hubby has boxes and boxes of old baseball cards. Take them to Wolf's Den Sports Cards and Collectibles. My dad passed, and he was an avid baseball and football card collector. I have no clue what they're worth. Wolf's Den Sports Cards and Collectibles does. They buy, sell, and trade cards and collectibles and are especially interested in older cards. Bring them in Mondays and Fridays from 5 till 8 or by appointment. 814-771-5618. Main Street, Reynoldsville and Wolf's Den Sports 21 on Facebook. Honey, I'm home. How'd shopping go? Great. Look at this handcrafted jewelry and designs by Flying Owl Beadworks. But this book from Claire Kreiner, a local author, and these cool, high-quality vinyl stickers that are dishwasher safe. But they're great for water bottles. Honey. What? Did you go to Dubois Feeds? Where do you think I got all this cool stuff? Oh, the pet food and bird seed is in the trunk. Dubois Feeds, home of from pet food and so much more. With curbside and drive-thru at West Dubois Avenue. For 26 years, Dubois Feeds. And breaking news, Shiree Overhead Doors is more than garage doors. We go live. We're here at Shiree Overhead Doors in New Bethlehem with Andrea. Is it true that Shiree also sells and installs energy-efficient entrance doors, storm and patio doors, and windows? This isn't fake news. Install today and save on your energy bills tomorrow. Go to ShireeDoors.com and check out our work on Facebook. Quality service, quality products, Shiree Overhead Doors. Since 1972, selling the best and servicing the rest. Hi, this is Gordon Deal. Thursday on This Morning, America's First News. Even the possibility of an indictment of former President Trump has given us a glimpse into how a potential Trump-DeSantis presidential matchup might unfold. Also, despite unnerving financial news involving Credit Suisse, Silicon Valley Bank, and Signature Bank, here are the reasons not to panic. And the common survival traits of teams in the Sweet 16. Thursday on This Morning, America's First News. Because news matters now more than ever. 99.7-96.7 Connect FM. Here's your Connect FM Tri-County forecast. Scattered rain showers likely. Tonight, otherwise cloudy skies expected. Lows dip down to about 45. Winds out of the southwest, 8 to 15 miles per hour. Cloudy skies again tomorrow. Scattered thunderstorms likely. High temperatures reach up to 60. Scattered thunderstorms again tomorrow night. 38 overcast skies. That's your Tri-County forecast throughout the hour, throughout your busy day on Connect FM. Currently, it's 55. What's your call? This is Under Review on Connect FM. You can call Bob, Dave, and Dave at 814-372-1420. Join the chat on their Facebook page by searching Under Review Sports. All right, we're back here with Under Review Sports. I'm Dave Glass, and we're happy to have with us on the line the voice of the Pirates, Greg Brown. Greg, how are you tonight? I'm doing great. How are you guys? Oh, we're fantastic, and uh, we're just ecstatic that you were able to take time out of your busy schedule to talk to us on the eve of the regular season getting started here. So thanks again for that. Um, we wanted to start uh, with maybe some stuff that's not the current Pirates. And the one question I got when we asked our some of our fans uh, was from – the first question I got was from a 40-year season ticket holder. You might have met him. His name's Tim Baker. And he said that I should ask you – about the story of you getting the job. He said it was a good one. So can you share that with us? Uh, well, I, uh, you know, it's kind of convoluted and, and lengthy. Um, I, I, I've had a number of hats, and I don't know exactly which, which one he's talking about. If he's talking about <laughs> getting the pirate job. Um, yeah, I think uh, that's you know, what he was talking about. With yeah. Mike Lang, perhaps that's what he was referring to. 
I was uh, doing uh, some uh, pre- and post-game stuff back in the early days of cable in the mid-'80s. Uh, I was kind of like the first Robbie and Smikowski, if, you, if you're familiar with Pirate Telecasts. Sure. Robbie does uh, in-game interviews, and I was kind of the I was a pre and post game guy, and um, you know my early twenties, and and just kind of learning the business. And and Mike Lang kind of took me under his wing. Mike and Steve Blass were the team on. Uh, well, I think it was KBL back then was the name of the uh, fledgling cable company, and they did about no maybe fifty games a year, perhaps many of them on the road. So I. Uh, got uh, you know a real good education about uh, not only uh, watching those guys do excellent television broadcasting, but even even kind of learning the ropes on the road, which was something in itself. But uh, uh, Mike Mike Lang knew that I was interested in getting into the play by play end of it, and um, I think he appreciated how I went about my business and and when I was not on the air i would pretty much stand in the back of the tv booth and uh, listen and watch and and uh, if mike or steve needed anything at all they needed you know me to run down to the press room and grab them a coke or um maybe a, there was a scoring decision that they weren't uh, sure of that uh, maybe they didn't hear over the pa i'd run into the to the press area and and ask the official score what it was i come up i jot a note down and Anyway, I think he appreciated that and, and my work ethic. And uh, out of the blue one day, he had said to me, you know, next week, uh, he, he called me kid, you know, next week, kid, uh, you know, we've got a doubleheader against the Mets, and uh, I'm not going to do 18 innings, so better be ready. <laughs> and I really wasn't certain exactly what he meant. Uh, he never went into great detail, but, but that, that day came, and I was standing in the back of the booth, and might have been the fifth inning of game one. And I thought I heard him say, because, of course, his back was to me, but it's facing the, the crowd, so when he's talking, it's uh, out toward the, the, the diamond, the, the field, and I'm in the back of the booth. But I thought I heard him say, you know, at the end of five innings, it's the Pirates three and the Mets one, and when we come back, Greg Brown will take you through the next couple of innings. <laughs> and um, lo and behold, he got out of his chair, and he starts walking to the back of the booth, took his headset off, walked to the back of the booth, and patted me on the back, on his way out of the booth, and he just said, "Go get him, kid." <laughs> and uh, uh, you know, Steve Steve Blast then was kind of looking back toward me, and I was just standing there, kind of spellbound and stunned. And Steve kind of waved to me like, "You hurry up!" So I walked to the booth and and sit down, and I put the headsets on, and lo and behold, we come back from a commercial break, and Steve says, uh, "Well, Steve's going to take the next couple innings off, and." Here to take you through the sixth and seventh innings is Greg Brown, and all of a sudden here I am. I'm I'm broadcasting a major league baseball game uh, of the, the team that I grew up, you know, rooting for, the Pirates, and and I did two innings, and that kind of got my, um, you know, I had a resume tape, and I took it from there. Went to do television in Youngstown, Ohio, for a year. I did I sports anchored for weekend sports, and and I went to the minor leagues and did five years of uh, baseball, and then did some Buffalo Bills football and uh, all kinds of sports. And uh, when the opportunity came up back in Pittsburgh, I actually, I don't, I have not told many people this, but I thought about that in the last couple of days because I, uh, I had a cup of coffee with one of my first bosses who was the VP of broadcasting for the Pirates named Dean Jordan. And uh, Dean was the guy 
who made a change in the broadcast booth the year after I had left to go to Bob Dean had suggested to the people in Buffalo, they were our AAA uh, affiliate, and uh, when they were looking for someone to do some part-time play-by-play work and help set up a radio network up in Buffalo, he suggested me. I was working for Dean, and Dean told me that he was probably going to be making a change in the TV in the radio broadcast booth in Pittsburgh after about a year, and sure enough, he did. Um, they made a change, and uh, I applied, and I did not get the job. Um, uh, they went to Kent Dertavanis. You might remember that. Oh name. yes, I remember watching and listening to Kent. So again, Kent, that lasted about four years, and then the job opened up again. Dean left to become vice president of the Miami Marlins. They had just become an expansion team, and he left. And Mark Driscoll was the director of broadcasting. Mark Sauer was the team president, and Lanny was still there. And Lanny had a lot to do. I know with lobbying for me to to because I knew Lanny from from the yeah, I, I worked with Lanny as a. Uh, a broadcast coordinator, New Lanny forever, and uh, and I think he put in a good word for me. So that is the the long version of how uh, Mike Lang helped me get the broadcast job. Oh, that that's a fantastic story. And I guess just to to piggyback on that, you know, working with Mike Lang, obviously he we all here are big hockey fans too, and we loved Mike Lang when he did that. Uh, what what was he like off the air? I mean, obviously he was this magnetic personality on there. Was he as much fun off the air? Oh, I mean. I, you know, if somebody asked me, like, what what was my favorite summer of all the years I've been involved in baseball and sports, it was had to be that year. Because, you know, I was a kid from Mechanicsburg, Pennsylvania, Central PA. Um, I'd never gotten, you know, more than, you know, five-mile radius outside of that town forever. And then I got the job in Pittsburgh, and it was just, it was so new to me as a, you know, college kid. And uh, just I just didn't know anything about life. And uh, it was just, you know, Steve often, Blass often talks about when he came to the Pirates as a rookie, uh, he said he went to, uh, a, 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 got a master's class in, in school, in the school of baseball from Bob Friend and Bill Mazeroski. Those were his professors. Well, I got a, a, a crash course uh, and a Ph.D. in life on the road uh, and and those two, I mean, those two knew how to have fun um, outside the ball games, and uh, but they they did uh, also did their work on the air as well as anybody, and they the way they treated people, little things like the way they tipped people. I, to this day, you know, I they taught me about tipping, uh, uh, you know, in the service industry uh, after the season. They had a, they were, they were, I'll never forget that they got me a, a card uh, and put it in an envelope, like a thank you card, and they put, you know, I think they probably each put a couple hundred bucks in there, like $400 bills for like a 22-year-old kid to look at that. It was like I, wow. I just struck gold. And so those things, um, yeah, you know, absolutely never, ever forget. And, and just the, the fun of the baseball life on the road. Uh, I learned from both of them, and two, they became two of my best friends, which is kind of wild because here I watched Steve Blass as a kid. He was my, my hero, and then I used to listen to Penguin games when I was living in Harrisburg, and I remember when I first met Mike, it was, he was bigger than life, uh, you know, my kind of one of my broadcast heroes, and then get to know him as I, as I did and do, and to this day I, I stay in close touch with him, and uh, he means the world to me. Uh, both of them are just be absolutely my my mentors. I call Mike Lang my Yoda. 
uh, and that's kind of what he is for me. That's amazing. Hey, Greg, this is Bob Anderson, and uh, we we just have to pay a couple bills here and go to commercial break. Can you stick with us for one more segment? Uh, I'd love to. Okay, it'll just be about two minutes. So we'll be back no with problem. Greg Brown here on Under Review Sports Talk. Hi, I'm Dave Kias, host of Barbecue Radio Nation, along with my co-host, barbecue expert Dan Hathaway. Every week we will be giving you the best tips on how you can grill and smoke your favorite meats, vegetables, and even desserts. Whether you're a beginner or a seasoned expert, our show is designed to help you become a better backyard barbecuer. So be sure and tune in every Saturday morning right here on Connect FM 99.7 and 96.7 and online at connectradio.fm. Saturday morning at 10 a.m. on Connect FM. Have you ever met a single person in your life that enjoys paying taxes? No, no one does. If you can't sleep at night because you have a huge problem with the IRS, I've got some free advice for you. This service is strictly limited to individuals that owe the IRS $10,000 or more in back taxes. And if you qualify, we can guarantee that you won't be writing a big fat check to the IRS or our services cost you nothing. The first 100 people that call today will get a free tax consultation worth $500. Stop worrying about your IRS problem. We can help you, we promise. Call the tax doctor right now. I mean right now to learn more. 800-917-8611. That's 800-917-8611. In olden times, the paper boy would deliver the newspaper every morning. Now, if you still get one, the newspaper might come in the mail. Yesterday's news today, or tomorrow, the way the mail has been lately, Tri-County Insider brings you local news from Jefferson, Clearfield, and Elk Counties every weekday at noon, like clockwork. Local news from local people. You can subscribe at tricountyinsider.com. What's your call? This is Under Review on Connect FM. You can call Bob, Dave, and Dave at 814-372-1420. Join the chat on their Facebook page by searching Under Review Sports. We're back with Greg Brown, the voice of the Pittsburgh Pirates. So, uh, Greg, you've had your eyes on the team down there in Florida. We're just curious, what what's the team looking like for this coming season? How do, how do they look? Well, you know, spring training, it's really hard to gauge. It, uh, they're playing a bunch of players who aren't going to be on the team. Every team does this. Um, you have to kind of watch the early innings because once they get a couple of at-bats, the starters are out of there. The World Baseball Classic added a little monkey wrench to it because some of the players, a couple of the pitchers were gone. Roansi Contreras, one of the Pirates starters, was away. Uh, they've looked better recently, even though I always say that wins and losses are completely meaningless. The record is... Uh, secondary, uh, at, at the at least uh, at the most, I should say, uh, they have won five of their last six games. So you know it's better to win than to lose in anything, and uh, so that that's good. Uh, I think their outfield play has been um, less than stellar, to be kind. And and I know I've heard the excuse about the the ballpark, the former McKechnie Field, now called Lee Comp, for the last few years has has caused trouble over the years for many players. Andy Van Slyke, the longtime all-star gold glove center fielder of the Pirates, used to say 
that that field was the toughest place to play center field in all of baseball. And he, he meant even the regular season ballparks. Uh, spring training was just a, a real challenge for him, and it always is for every outfielder. But this spring in particular has been a challenge for pirate outfielders, and that's uh, been concerning from my end. Um, you know, I, I, I like what Brian Hayes looks like at the plate. He looks locked in. We'll see if that continues. A lot of stuff that you see in the in the spring, I, I say to myself every year, don't get too excited about what you see in spring training because most times, more often than not, it does not translate into the regular season. So if a guy is being awful in the spring, it doesn't mean anything. He could turn it on on opening day in Cincinnati uh, next week uh, and, and vice versa. But it's all we have to go on, and I do like what Brian Hayes has done. I think he's hitting the ball as hard as I've seen him in a long time. He looks locked in. You never have to worry about Hayes' defense. Brian Reynolds looks just just okay uh, offensively and defensively. Uh, I, I think that once the season starts, I think you know he'll he'll be fine. Uh, Andrew McCutcheon uh, has been a, out of the lineup for well over a week because of a sore elbow. Got back in there yesterday. Hit a home run. He had spent all day the previous day at, at Pirate City, the minor league camp, working on his swing, and that was a good sign. Uh, over, you know, in terms of you know guys that, that look good, Jack uh, Sawinski has not looked great. Uh, looks like he might make the club. Uh, actually, the, the best player overall might be Travis Swaggerty, a former first round pick of the Pirates, and I don't know if he makes the team next week. Uh, we'll see. It's, it, there's a lot of intrigue in terms of the roster. I love, I'll tell you, I will say this, and hopefully this continues in the regular season, because if it does, man, all bets are off, but J.T. Brubaker and Mitch Keller look incredible right now. I, I, I don't recall two pitchers being as locked in as these guys. Uh, Brubaker has struck out, I want to say, Without the stats in front of me right now, I want to say he has struck out 27 batters and, worked, and walked four in about 17 and a third innings. Mitch Keller has struck out 20 and walked one. Well, that's a big key for Keller for sure. <laughs> yeah. So if that again, if that works, you know, we we don't have David Bednar. He'll be back uh, tomorrow or the next day. He's been at the World Baseball Classic, so we we don't know what the Pirate closer has looked like uh, since he's been gone, but. He looked good at the Classic, and uh, in fact, he pitched last night against Japan. It looked good, but uh, you know, I bet we'll see what happens. It, 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 you know, all starts on the thirtieth next week in Cincinnati. Our last game here is uh, Tuesday afternoon in Bradenton, and then we'll fly to Cincy. There will be an off day on Wednesday. One week from today, they'll work out, and then it all gets underway uh, one week from tomorrow in Cincinnati against the Reds. And like like every year, you know, baseball fans, we, we just can't wait to get it going. Well, yeah, speaking of getting, getting it going, season last year was rough. The past couple of years have been rough as a Bucko fan. I, I know you're as big a fan as all of us here. Um, we have... We talk. I've I've heard you talk numerous times about being a fan. You know, n- not just rooting for the Pittsburgh Pirates or any team for that matter when they're up, but also when they're down. That's important to you. Realistically, though, as a fan, do you think seventy-five wins is within the realm of possibility? I mean, I do. I, I think you know. I think that's legit. I think seventy to seventy-five. You know, I talked to Michael McHenry, who's more optimistic than I am, even. 
former Pirate catcher who was down last week. He thinks, you know, 81 games is realistic. And, you know, things fall. I, I, I've said that for a lot of years, that if, if things kind of fall into place, good health, maybe uh, some luck, guys play to their potential. Uh, if you're hovering around the 500 mark, around the all-star break, then the general manager had pushed pressure on him because with added playoff teams now in baseball, he has to think about that. Uh, Neil Huntington thought about it several years ago, and it, it, it proved costly at one, one juncture because he made a, a, an ill-advised trade, and that's where you have to be careful. It can cost you years down the road if you give out talent. But it, it is something that you know I hope that they put into uh, Ben Sherrington's head that you know around the All-Star break, they're hovering around 500, so they're within striking distance. Now, do they, do they make deals to uh, acquire more players to help them get into the postseason, or do they hold steadfast, and, and not, or do they think about making deals to, to trade players so that they get more young guys to, to continue this influx of talent for the following year and beyond? I, I don't know, but, but I think I'll, I'll say this. You know, it, it's got to be better. It's got to be more enjoyable. Um, they're, they're not going to lose 100 games for a third straight year. There's just no way that mathematically almost impossible. So just by that sheer mathematics, they're going to be better. And uh, with these pitchers getting better, Ronte Contreras in that lineup, uh, that, I think they're, they're, they've shored up their bullpen. you got a couple of veteran pitchers in there, and Rich Hill and Vince Velasquez. Uh, who knows what happens with a full year of O'Neill Cruz. You know, if he gets 530 at-bats, he could hit 40-plus home runs. It's not... It's not uh, you know, out of the realm of possibility. And and I've also said, guys, the one thing I felt this way uh, all winter, and I've, I've said it and seen it now with my own eyes over over doing several games, the the great X factor in baseball is, is the pace clock. Uh, it is an absolute game changer. It's I've called it the best rule change in sports since the three-point play. That might not do it justice. It might be the greatest change, rule change in the history of sports, and that's not hyperbole. I, I doubted it could make this much of a difference, but it has been absolutely incredible. It's fast-paced. It's just taking away wasted time. No longer batters getting out of the batter's box and adjusting whatever. No matter uh, no more do we see the pitchers grabbing a baseball and rubbing up the baseball every pitch and looking over and throwing over to first. It is a lot more fun, a lot more enjoyable. And uh, with that, you know, I think you're going to see better baseball, maybe from teams like the Pirates. Well, and I I, I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, when I went to the couple minor league games last year when they had the clock, the, the difference in pace and the style of the game was so noticeable, and that, you you did a great lead into my to the question that we might have to end on with you is what you think of all these rule changes. You've kind of given away that you like the pitch clock, and I'm I'm glad to hear that uh, that you do because I, I I certainly do. What do you think about the the change in the shift and even the change to the side of the size of the bases? Do you think those are going to have a, a a positive effect? You know, I've I've always been one to, to slow to to want change. I'm I'm conservative by nature. We'll I don't get to the like DH thing in a, a minute. <laughs> in general, in 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 my life, I don't like it. I don't like it in society. I you know I'm I'm a traditionalist, uh, and so you know I, you know, 
Anybody who's listened to me over the years knows that I can't stand the designated hitter rule. I thought it it changed. It has changed uh, the, the National League into now it's just one big league. I mean, it's silly to even talk National American League anymore. Uh, that's a different argument. It's here forever. I guess it's never going to change. But uh, I think that, that just sets the tone for how I am when it comes to changing things in sports and in baseball in particular. I'm sensitive to it because I think it's the greatest sport on earth. Uh, so I was suspect, but but uh, I felt two things over the years when the time of game has gone to well over uh, not well over but an average over three hours most nights something had to give and if the players can't do it themselves they're like children uh, we're, we're all like children we we need uh, someone to, to 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 put down some rules for us that we can abide by. Uh, if if you know if you can't do it yourself, then we're going to make you do it. So the the players couldn't keep up the pace. They tried it a few years ago in spring training voluntarily. The umpires said, hey, "Get in the box," and they they did a little bit, and then the season started, and they said, "The heck with it." So if they can't police themselves, you got to do it for them. Uh, it, that 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 includes not just the pace, but also the shifting. For years, I felt like do not change uh, the rules when it comes to defense. The players will eventually learn to push that ball down the other way, left-handed hitters, even right-handed hitters to a degree, hitting the ball the other way, or bunting the ball to take away the shifting. It didn't happen. They can't help themselves. So because of that, they had to be policed, and uh, and I like it. It is going to add more offense the, the, and athleticism. The, the players, the shortstops, will stay on that left side of the infield, and you'll see the better shortstops make the great plays. And... Uh, you no longer see a third baseman jogging over to the right side of the infield to play shallow right field, which uh, became silly. And uh, the bigger bases, uh, I, I, I don't know. I, I think that was kind of silly. I don't know that that's necessary. I don't think that's good. Now, the, the, the disengagement from the pitching rubber, uh, the fact that they can only disengage twice, third time, they have to get the guy out or it's a balk, that is probably going to be more meaningful. I think guys could eventually take advantage of that. And, and start to time it so that they can uh, steal more bases. Uh, overall, just the, the, all the rules changes, I'm, I'm all in favor of all of them because it, it's no doubt made for a way better brand of base. This is like watching games when we were, when I, this is me, I'm old. This is when I was a kid, when I grew to love the game in the 70s and, and 80s. Uh, th- th- this is what I enjoyed watching. And, and uh, so for us older fans, it's a throwback, and for the younger fans, they they you know, people kids don't want to sit around anymore. They they got they're impatient, and they want to watch action, and this is what they get. And there there's action out there now. Well, and and you you kind of hit on it. I, you know, one of the things I like about it is it looks like baseball again. You know, putting all those people in right field, it kind of didn't. You know, you you we used to a rhythm of the game. A ground a hard ground ball up the middle is a single, and a hard line drive to right is going to be you know fall in. So. Even though you didn't like, you know, the idea of a rule change, I think you'd probably do like the idea that it looks like you remember baseball looking like. Well, yeah, and and you know, I've, I've pointed this out over the years. It, 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 shifting has been a lo- around a long, long time. I remember listening to a game a couple of years ago. I think it was Red Barber, is a radio game, and I got it on over YouTube, or maybe I had a cassette tape. Just a, just a handful of years ago, and in fact, I told Neil Huntington about this, and. Uh, the announcer said, uh, "Red, Bar- I believe it was Red Barber. It was, it was a, a Brooklyn Dodgers against the Pirates, 
And he said, uh, here comes Ralph Kiner of the Pirates. So this game had to be in the 1950s. Uh, Ralph Kiner comes to the plate. Now the second baseman will shift over to the left side of the infield. So three infielders are now playing between second and third. I thought, oh, my gosh. I thought this was a, a novel idea. I thought this was a recent thing in baseball. And, of course, uh, you heard about the Ted Williams shift. Oh, yeah, that started it uh, all. That, yeah. that, that uh, <laughs> happened uh, back when, when Williams played, uh, a left-handed hitter. They would, they would put everybody on that right side of the infield. And I watched uh, 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 with, with great interest uh, the 1971 World Series game, and I, I tweeted this out once. I, I, I freeze-framed a picture of the Pirates' uh, Jackie Hernandez, the shortstop, playing over on the right side of the infield against Boog Powell. So the Pirates back then had three infielders on the right side against a left-handed hitter. So it's, it's happened you know, more often than I guess we realized. I think it just went overboard. They, you know, the the uh, uh, sabermetrics and the analytics people found that uh, you know, mathematically it was worth having those guys over, uh, over-shifting against most pull hitters whereas before it was only a select few and exactly. uh yep. so that 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 you know unfortunately i think it just as you said it, it took away uh this this athleticism that we're used to seeing and and it, it took away too many hits and uh it's it's going to be good for the game i i agree with you and, and i'll tell you what we could greg we could sit here and talk to you all, all day and i certainly hope we could do this again but we are unfortunately out of time but we can't thank you enough for coming on and uh we wish you all the best and we'll be listening to you all summer thank you i, I love talking to you and thanks a million for having me on i look forward to our next visit that's all right great. let's go box let's go box <laughs> we'll be back on under sport under review sports stock on connect fm Attention knee pain sufferers. Amazing new treatment could save you from dangerous drugs or risky surgery. The best of Tri-County gold medal recipient, New MedX, is an innovative medical facility that offers a seven-step non-surgical and drug-free approach to knee pain relief, whether you suffer from arthritis, a torn meniscus, or any other cause. To discover if you are a candidate for this remarkable seven-step knee restoration program, call 814-618-5295. That's 814-618-5295. I'm Dan Kennard, and this is the Connect FM Local Youth Sports Beat. It's sponsored by Wise Eyes at the Dubois Commons. Two District 9 basketball teams advanced into the quarterfinal round of the PIAA tournament, but uh, none remain after last night's play. The girls' team of Otto Eldred advanced in Class Single A to face Berlin Brothers Valley, and uh, Otto Eldred Lady Terrors fell in that one 40-39, a close game. The boys' team of Otto Eldred, though, in Class AA advanced with a 42-40 win over Erie First Christian of District 10, that was in the quarterfinal round. And then last night in the semifinal round for Otto Eldred, a loss to Aliquippa, 56-28. So Otto Eldred's team comes to the end of their season with a record overall of 26-3, and a tremendous season for the Terrors. The MVPs of the District 9 Basketball League have been named, and for the boys, it's Brookville's Clayton Cook. On the girls' side, Punxsutawney's Chloe Presloyd 
named MVP. This past season, Cook averaged 14.4 points per game for the Raiders, who were league champs, won the District 9 Class 3A title, and moved on to claim the District 5, 8, and 9 sub-regional title. Brookville also advanced to the second round of the PIAA playoffs. It was the second straight year that Pres Lloyd claimed the girls' MVP award. She averaged 15.5 points per game and led the Lady Chucks to a league title and the D9 Class 4A championship. The District 9 All-Conference teams have also been named. Joining Brookville's Cook on the boys' team are Dubois' Tyson Kennis and Cam Thompson, Brookville's Jack Pete and Noah Peterson, Elk County Catholic's Jordan Wasco, Adam Straub and Will Wortman, and St. Mary's Tanner Fox and Quinn Gavazzi, also Punxsutawney's Noah Weaver. In addition to Punxsies, Presloid on the girls' all-conference team are her teammates Danielle Greibel and Avery Powell, Elk County Catholics Tori Newton, Lucy Clawoon, and Sammy Straub. Dubois, Madison Rosnika, and St. Mary's Jason Snellick, Izzy Catalone, and Mari Kasky. Now the Clarion County YMCA YLD Sports Network All-Star Basketball Games are getting set to take place on Sunday, April 2nd. That will be at the Clarion County YMCA with the girls game at 2 p.m., the boys game at 3.45. Named to the girls team is Brockway's Madeline Schmader. From Clearfield, it's Riley Ryan, Madison Rasnika of Dubois, Faith Jacob of Dubois Central Catholic, Chloe Presloid of Punxsutawney, and Izzy Catalone of St. Mary's. Also named to the coaching staff, Jordan Hoover of Dubois Central Catholic, and Michael Franciscus of St. Mary's. On the boys' squad is Clayton Cook of Brookville, Cole Miller of Clearfield, Brendan Paisley of Dubois Central Catholic, Luke Swisher, also of Dubois Central Catholic, Adam Straub of Elk County Catholic, Aaron Sorg of Ridgeway, and Tanner Fox of St. Mary's, Eric Herzing of Ridgeway, named to the coaching staff there. Well, the baseball and softball seasons are underway. It got started on Monday for area high schools in baseball. Kerwinsville got past Brockway 10-9, and in softball action, it was Kerwinsville all over Brockway, 21 to nothing. That game called in five innings. And then yesterday, it was a baseball matchup between Kane and Brockway. Kane doubled up on Brockway, 10-5. For the Rovers in that one, Dylan Bash went 2-4 for four with a triple and three. RBI in the softball matchup. Brockway on top of Kane, 15 to 11. Mika Smith for the Lady Rovers was two for five with a double and three RBI. Coming up in uh, baseball action today on the schedule is Bradford at Brookville. Dubois is hosting Phillipsburg Osceola while St. Mary's will visit Punxsutawney. And in softball games, it's Dubois at Phillipsburg. Brookville will play at Bradford and Punxsutawney scheduled to be at St. Mary's today. Checking up on swimming, District 9 swimmers from Dubois, Brockway, Brookville, Clearfield, and St. Mary's all participated in the PIAA Swimming and Diving Championships, which were at Bucknell University last week. Two individual medals were brought home to District 9. Patrick Young, a North Clarion High School student but swims for Brookville, won a sixth place medal in the 100 breaststroke. That medal is the first individual podium finish for a Brookville swimmer at the PIAA event since 2013. In the diving competition, Clearfield's Keegan McDonald was the fifth place medal winner in the one meter event. And that's this week's Connect FM Local Youth Sports Beat. 
sponsored by Wise Eyes in the Dubois comments. I'm Dan Kennard. Thanks for tuning in. Now, let's go back to Under Review on Connect FM. Here again, Bob Anderson, Dave Glass, and Dave Herzing. It's time for our Upon Further Review segment. D, you're the first to go tonight. You're up. You're the leadoff hitter. <laughs> there you go. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, before we get into that, wasn't that fun? I, I mean, I could have sit, sat and listened to him for an hour and a half. The guy is just... It's no wonder he's so good at his job. It's just so much fun to listen to him on the broadcast. Summer nights, you're sitting on your deck, you're having a beer, you're driving your car somewhere. It's just what a what an unbelievable play-by-play announcer. So uh, actually along those lines, I wanted to ask you guys, um, who do you think might be your favorite or your greatest play-by-play announcer? I, I think I already know where you're going with yours, Bob, but there's so many to choose from. It's a fun topic to discuss. What are your thoughts? I, I mean, I love Mike Lang, obviously, when, when you heard those calls, you know, he shoots and scores. I mean, how can you not get excited? You wanted to like jump out of your seat, you know, his enthusiasm was contagious, but I'll go a little off the board. I love Jim Nance. And you mentioned that it was his last, um, yeah, college last, basketball yeah, that's it. announcing and, and the way that he shifts from one sport to the next with such ease, he'll go from calling college basketball then to the masters in in the next week. And, and he makes it so seamless. So he's a great professional. Well, I, I, I think we all love Mike Lang. I, you know, Mike Lang is, we all grew up with Mike Lang and, and you know, you talk about the, the sayings and the tempo and it's so great. And there's no wrong answer here because everybody likes a little something a little bit different. But but I'm telling you, for me, it's Vin Scully. Uh, Vin Scully for Dodger baseball, and he could do it by himself. And 162 of these games, and he could sit in there, and he didn't need a color guy to take up any of the oxygen, and he could just rattle off a story about this guy he saw 30 years ago and just seamlessly go into the play. And it didn't matter what the score was. He never lost sight of that game. He could tell you the story without losing the game and too many people when a game gets to five nothing or six nothing they'll give you the story and then you have no idea what's going on in the game and vin i could listen i i could listen to vin read a phone book did you have a favorite d actually one of my favorites was vin scully i used to do a lot more traveling with my job and i was out out west quite a bit one of my favorite things to do was listen to the dodgers games because of vin scully it just he was it's so soothing. It's just, it's, there's something unique about listening to baseball in the summer and you get one of these guys. It's just really special. And again, Greg Brown's one of my favorites as well, not just because we've had him on, but I mean, you, you think about his iconic call, raise the Jolly Roger. I mean, when, when the pirates were having those successful years here, not that long ago in 13, 14 and 15, my friends and I, we'd be like, yeah, we would be so excited to your point with Mike Lang. You know, you jump out of your chair. Greg Brown's the type of guy that makes you want to do that. Definitely. 100%. You're up, Dave. All right. So we talked about the bad news at Penn State, losing Mike Shrewsbury. But I do want to talk about some, some another sport they have there where they are the best of the best. And coming off last weekend when Penn State Wrestling won a national championship, their 10th in the last 12 national championship events. Obviously, 2020, they didn't. Nobody participated. Um, and I want to talk a little bit about their head coach, Cale Sanderson. Here's a guy. He won 159-0 in college, four national titles. Nobody ever beat him. 
went and won a gold medal, came back as an assistant to Iowa State, coached them for three years, then jumped to Penn State, and um, he his overall record is, uh, let's see here, 235-26-2. And, and, and since 2015-2016, he is 109-2. and two. They've lost two matches since 2015, and as I said, they've won 10 of the last 12 team titles, and this year nobody came close. And they just keep the beat goes on every single year. And, and I, I can't think of any coach anywhere who was that combination of a great player, you know, a great per, a contestant, and then so seamlessly became a great coach. And it's credit to Penn State. They knew the guy they wanted. They went and got him, and he just attracts this, this talent here, and they stay. And it's amazing. You know, it's one thing, seeing what he's been able to do down there, and as much as I love Penn State athletics, he's made me a casual wrestling fan. A lot of my friends who never wrestled and a lot of those who did wrestle, the ones that were wrestlers always tried to tell me, hey, you need to get down to a match. You need to go watch what's going on down there. He's really got something special. And when it first started, yeah, you hear this name of this guy. And again, I'm not familiar with the wrestling world. I've, I've told, I tease you. I'm familiar with pro wrestling. I'm not familiar <laughs> That's not with real it, wrestling. It <laughs> We're going to talk about that here <laughs> when WrestleMania comes around. But um, I can tell you, though, it really is special. Uh, I have family who uh, really are, are highly involved in the wrestling community. They they absolutely love it. They 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 watch every single second of every single match and seeing them win this again has brought a lot of joy to this area it's really something for it's arguably like i've said repeatedly it's the single greatest collegiate dynasty in in history i think it is and i really do because i know john wooden and i know there's other things you can talk about but i mean this sustained run of excellence and and by the way they're not doing this in some schmo conference the big 10 is leagues ahead of every other conference when it comes to wrestling way ahead and they are dominating the best conference it hasn't even been close well we only have about a minute or so till we got to go to break but i saw a survey of 2,000 people who watch sports um was released here not too long ago and not surprisingly half of all fans admit they're superstitious uh, a lot of people say they have to sit in the same you know part of the sofa they have a lucky item of clothing or something that they wear some people say they won't even go to a game with somebody because they feel they're cursed so i was wondering do you guys have any sports superstitions yeah honestly bob i don't um the one thing i i've, I've gotten used to is turning the penguins off this year and turning <laughs> them back on when my dad tells me to hold on and turn so i'm teasing uh really i, I don't have a lot of superstitions I, I do know that some friends of mine though to your point about not attending games i have one buddy who goes who's been to i think seven or eight penguins games and every time he's gone they've won and I have another buddy that's gone to maybe five or six games, not as many, and every single time they've lost. So he's like, I'm not going anymore. And my other buddy that's attended a lot says, I want to go make sure I got to go because they're going to win. All I can say is correlation is not causation. That's all. <laughs> I, I mean, seriously, I'm not I'm not a superstitious guy. And, and Sidney Crosby, who we all love, is the most superstitious player probably in the history of players. Uh, and hey, if it works for him, that's great. I hate to be the equipment manager who's still trying to put his equipment together from <laughs> 19. 98 or whatever well, it's but, like jordan wore the same boxer uh, yeah i don't even want to think yeah. about it. but but seriously I'm, I'm not into that at all I, I don't think performance has anything to do with any of that stuff 
All right. Well, I'm really not superstitious at all, except to say, John Matchock, if you're listening out there, please don't go to any more Penguins games this year. <laughs> all right. We, uh, we got to take a short break here. We'll be ba- back to Get Lost on Under Review Sports Talk on Connect FM. I thought of a We're doing our annual spring cleaning, and my hubby has boxes and boxes of old baseball cards. Take them to Wolf's Den Sports Cards and Collectibles. My dad passed, and he was an avid baseball and football card collector. I have no clue what they're worth. Wolfstead Sports Cards and Collectibles does. They buy, sell, and trade cards and collectibles and are especially interested in older cards. Bring them in Mondays and Fridays from 5 till 8 or by appointment. 814-771-5618. Main Street, Reynoldsville and Wolfstead Sports 21 on Facebook. This is Kurt from Kurt Johnson Auto Sales and Service. Sales are great, and my biggest challenge is buying cars. Auctions are dead. We want to buy from local people just like you. Most of my day is working with sellers, and this is what I hear from their experiences on the national sites. Their offer was low. I have to take my car two hours from here. I have to wait for the money, and I just don't feel comfortable with them. We make it super easy at Kurt Johnson Auto Sales. Call me direct and tell me about your car, or go to our website and get a value in minutes with just your VIN or license plate number. We are proud to be an official Kelly Blue Book buying center. They calculate the value, we just inspect it and write the check. Easy peasy. One more thing. If you can't come to us, we come to you. Check us out. Kurt Johnson Auto Sales and Service in downtown Dubois. Voted Tri-County's best nine years running. Right now, someone around you is at risk of an overdose. It might not be today, but when it happens, you can be ready to save their life. Naloxone is a medication that reverses opioid overdose. Available without a prescription at your local pharmacy. It's simple to use, easy to carry, and safe to administer. And it works in minutes. Learn more about naloxone and naloxone training at pa.gov slash opioids. Because it might be today that you save a life. Paid for with Pennsylvania taxpayer dollars. Now, let's go back to Under Review on Connect FM. Here again, Bob Anderson, Dave Glass, and Dave Herzing. Before we get lost, I I wanted to say thanks to our first sponsor, Wolf's Den Sports Cards in Reynoldsville. Folks, if if you're enjoying the show and you're enjoying listening to us, um, call the station here, uh, talk to the sales team or talk to Lori. We'd be happy to to have you as one of our sponsors. We'd really appreciate it. But thank you, Wolfsden. We got some other sponsors coming on as well. So thank you very much for that. Now, on to my favorite quick segment to finish up the show. Hashtag get lost. This one really hits hard. Hashtag get lost Notre Dame for stealing Micah Shrewsbury from the Lions. Oh, well, I got it. Sticking with college basketball, I see Rick Pitino. He's like Rasputin. He just won't go away. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's one of those things where he'll be back and get a team to the tournament, and the next year they'll be under uh, investigation. So get lost, Rick Pitino. I have uh, one from Garrett Rowan. Thanks for giving us one online. Get lost, blue blood college basketball teams. I have a couple here for you guys. Get lost using face-off percentages as an excuse for poor play. <clears throat> Jeff Carter. Uh, get lost celebrating a play when you're getting blown out. And get lost slow golf. Let people play through. And speaking of golf, you know, we can finally say get lost winner. It's officially spring, and I can't wait to get out there. 
listen, I'm not a golfer. I like to go out on the course, though, for other reasons. Have, have some fun. <laughs> but uh, hashtag get lost snow. I'm looking forward to being out on the course. So, yeah. But it's it's I enjoy doing this show, guys. Uh, hashtag get lost this, this hour. <laughs> Folks, um, we appreciate you all listening. And we'll see you next week on Under Review Sports Talk on Connect FM.